from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to Screeners Podcast. I'm Daniel. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Melody. And I'm Josh. And we are back to talk all things media. We've got an action-packed episode for you guys today. We've got a, a review, a top three, and even some, some listener feedback here. All right, so before we get to our main event, we like I said, we have some listener feedback here. We got an email uh, from a listener named Chad. So he says, what do you consider to be a successful movie? Is it critical acclaim or is it the box office revenue? Which do you think is more important? Here's the reason I ask. Some box office hits like Batman vs. Superman do successful in revenue with just, so, with just shy of $900 million, but are destroyed by critics. Other movies like Moonlight that won Best Picture and is highly praised by critics only make $67 million. Each one succeeded in either revenue or critical acclaim. So which to you guys is more important and what makes a film a success? So uh, yeah, just uh, chime in guys. What do you think makes a successful movie? It's an interesting question. Honestly, for me, I think there's there's so many ways that you can gauge success. If you're talking about box office success, then obviously what you're talking about is the difference between what it took to make the movie and what you made at, at, at the box office, right? Uh, and so there are some small movies that make a ton of money simply because, like you take Deadpool, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadpool, up until a little while ago, was the most profitable um uh, comic book movie in history. Uh, and that was because it was budget was so low and everyone went to go see it. Um, so, I mean, sure. If you're looking for money, if you're gauging on box office success, um, then that's one thing. But for me, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's not like I have stock or stake in the, the movie itself. Uh, for me, it's just what one do I like more? I guess that that's for me is when I think of a successful film, did it do what I think is is necessary in order for me to be engaged and like it? And I don't care really what the critics have to say or what the box office has to say. If I w- walked away from that movie and thought, man, that was great. That's a success for me. That's kind of what they want is the audience uh, success. Rather so what than you're saying what is it's all about you, Chris. That's what you're <laughs> and saying. I am. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's up to you, not just me, but you as the viewer. Yeah. I get what you're for saying. Once, I, I totally agree with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I mean, the that's the only unusual. time that will happen. Yeah. This <laughs> Enjoy this moment, people. Enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, there's different levels. I don't think I don't think there's like an easy answer, an easy definable thing that says this. If it if a movie does just this one thing, it's a successful movie because it really just depends. Uh, if it's like he pointed out, uh, a movie like Batman versus Superman has to make a lot more money than a movie like right. Moonlight. So and, as and it has to get better reviews because with a movie like Moonlight, the 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 important thing is quality, not money. If if Moonlight you're, you're got awful that, reviews, you're saying that Moonlight has to get better reviews than Batman versus Superman. I'm, I again, I'm saying it it varies. I think they both it's it's some combination of the three for any type of movie, but it just varies in type of movie. I think Batman versus Superman obviously made a lot of money, but people don't consider it a, a success, a total success. So That's answer. true, but I, I also think that most people don't care about this stuff. Right. I think that the the people that are the studios that are funding the films they only care about critical reception in as much as it impacts or does not impact the finances of the film uh, unless it's a true re- uh, award kind of movie but even then it's really kind of related to the uh, financial success most people like most of the people in my circle 
if I were to talk to them, they have no idea how much money these movies make at all. Yeah. All they care about is did I like it or or did I not like it? Right. And so I think it's I think it's it's a very broad and good question, but I think it's probably the short answer is whatever it is to you, man. So if you like it, then it's a success. And if it's not, because just at its most base level, if a movie loses money, it's probably not successful uh, unless it creates some sort of like social change or something. I don't know. Cult uh, following. Like, just yeah, for instance, or a cult following. Sure. Mo- sure. Most people like so in, in social media and like our circles, as far as like critics go, would say Suicide Squad was a disaster, right? People are talking about it, you know, should have and have a sequel or whatever. But it made $745 million at the box office. Okay. It is a successful movie. It made right. money. It, and, it, and it will, as far as box office goes, it was a, a successful film. And so honestly, what, like, what Daniel, what I think you're saying is, is that, like, for a huge movie like Batman versus Superman, critics are not important at all. Because the marketing drives that movie. Uh, the the recognition drives sure. that movie. People are going to go see it. But it, it, a, a small indie film, if it gets like the big sick, if it gets a lot of critical acclaim and praise, that can be a marketing thing that escalates it to be making money as well. Sure. So it's kind of what you want it to do is, is that if you're a big movie, it doesn't matter all that much what the critics say. Uh, and if you're a smaller movie, it matters a lot in order for you to get your name out there. And basically, I think success should be defined as how many people have seen your movie, really. And if <laughs> sure. a lot of people have seen your movie and you've been able to create something as a creative, like I'm just thinking as far as a creative person, if I'm able to make a movie and a lot of people see it, I would say that's a success. That's kind of what I'm looking for. At, at the same time, though, I would say that I think uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think, though, Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman Although they made more than their budgets, uh, I don't think the studios are completely happy with their box office performance because with those both of those movies, like it's it's crazy that Batman vs Superman didn't make a billion dollars. That's a that's a big surprise, and and you know that they're disappointed in that. And again, that's studios though. So right, right. But, but even at that level, studios that's just a matter of. It made eight hundred and eighty million, and we wanted it to be one point two billion. Right. So shut right. Up. It, totally, it's the same it's thing. Still you a hear. tremendous success, <laughs> totally. no doubt. I, I'm jumping the tracks here, but it's the same thing you hear when people say, "Well, Apple's doing disastrous right now." Right. Well, it's just because instead of them growing at the rate that they want them to, they just grew, you know, like a point five percent less than they thought they would. Right. It's, they're still growing. They're still moving in the right direction. They just didn't do it as fast as they. I you am know, very surprised that you used <laughs> Apple as an example, <laughs> I'm, Chris. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. You, you hear this all because this is just that. That's the kind of headline that sells right that like it was disastrous it didn't do very well we're going to focus on that you know they they forecasted this and it didn't do as well well but it still made a ton of money (laughs) it still did very well yeah and every now and then you have that confluence where it is extremely profitable and a great movie uh for example this year get out cost five million and made a few hundred million and was like still at like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So and yeah, that was yeah. word of mouth. I wasn't planning on seeing that movie until right. all of the, my friends were like, have you seen this? Gotta and you guys were like, this is really good. You got to go see it. And yeah. I heard about on podcasts and the places like, all right, fine, I'll go see it. I mean, yeah, that's it. That yeah. is true. Is, is, is Mark. I mean, marketing can be critics if you've made a really good movie. Sure. No doubt. Yeah. There you go. Chad Madden. We've answered it. 97 yes. ways <laughs> <laughs> well i hope that answered your question i don't think it did but nevertheless thanks for writing in uh at, like i said as always joining the conversation with us on facebook twitter or even by emailing us all right with all that let's move into our main event welcome to the main event 
After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Now, guys, it's no secret that the first two movies were probably some of the most unexpected critical and financial hits uh, to come along in the last you know, four or five years. Many have been calling this trilogy the best complete trilogy since Indiana Jones. And so there's no shortage of love. There's no shortage of financial success for these movies. And so what I wanted to do tonight was just to get our general thoughts and then jump into spoilers pretty quickly. Let's start with your general thoughts of the, tr- of the series up to this point, and then let's jump into what did you think about this movie specifically, and then we'll, uh, we'll give our recommendations and jump into spoilers because there is a lot to talk about in this series. So, Melody, let's start with you. Uh, what did you think about the first two films, and what do you think about this conclusion? I had like a remembrance in my mind that I loved the first two movies, but I didn't have specific memories of why I loved them or what was so great about them. I, I, you know, I just remember like, oh, those are really great movies or whatever. So I was excited to see this because I remembered that I loved them, um, but not necessarily because I remembered why or that I really had much expectation for this movie. It just feels like there's a lot of summer movies. So, but this one was probably going to be pretty good. So, but about 10 minutes into this movie, I remembered exactly why the other movies are so great and why I also think this one is great, which is just the captivating and almost like distractingly amazing emotions of these apes. Like it's just, it blows my mind that like these CG characters can be so emotionally charged, communicate so well without language. I feel like like the acting of these apes that we see is better than most of the acting that we'd see. No, well, a lot of the acting that we see on the screen from humans. So, and that's like without even them talking. Um, So it's just amazing. It's, I think what makes it, it, I remember in the last one thinking like, this is so distracting to me that I don't even know if I care about the story. Like, I'm just amazed how, how great these characters are. Um, And I kind of felt the same way with this one. Like the story itself didn't do anything for me one way or the other. Like, I don't hate it, but I don't really care about the story so much. I much more just care about the characters. And I feel like, they bring back some characters that are great. They add a couple new ones that are amazing, um, including a couple human characters that are totally awesome. Not totally awesome, but, well, one's pretty awesome. The other's not. <laughs> but when you can just sit in, like, the silence with these characters for, like, long periods of time and just, like, experience their communicating with signs and grunts and maybe some language and, like, This movie just takes its time with that stuff. And sometimes I feel like it takes itself a little too seriously. But most of the time, I feel like it's just pretty amazing. Um, The visuals were awesome. But the the best thing about this movie, to me, is definitely the characters. And I loved them. And I loved the movie as a whole. So high praise from Melody, who has thinks that they have brought the conclusion to the trilogy down in a, a satisfying way. What about you, Chris? Uh, what did you think about the first two, and what did you think about this last one? The first two movies are absolutely surprising, just like we've already mentioned. I think no one expected, especially after Tim Burton's attempt to reboot, reboot the fan- franchise, no one was expecting Planet of the Apes to be any good. And I think that, just like Men- Melody mentioned, the character... You care so much about Caesar uh, and what he's doing and 
his instincts and why he wants to do what he's doing. And I think I instantly attach on to that. And I believe that, you know, for the first two films, uh, they did an amazing job of setting those characters up and also making you care about these apes uh, and their entire culture uh, and giving them weight. Uh, they feel like they are actually there in this space. There was never a moment in this movie where I felt like the visual effects were lacking at all. They just disappeared. And you'd believe that you are watching these apes who have somehow been able to create, you know, this uh, cognizance, been able to become aware of themselves and create language and speech and be able to communicate and build a culture of their own. You believe that. And I think this movie is really great. It's really great. And it could be, I would almost say, a masterpiece, if not for like the last like 20 or 30 minutes uh, of the movie. Uh, Melly and I were talking afterwards and we, you know, basically, and I, and I agreed, and I think that that's true, that there's a lot of like coincidence that happens uh, in the final act of this movie. And I thought it was a little unfortunate for a movie that was so solid. And obviously they're trying to be grounded with this sci-fi concept um, and then there's just too many coincidences that happen. Uh, and the, you know, the last battle action sequence, uh, is just a little over the top. But besides that, I think this movie is wonderful. It's charming. Andy Serkis as Caesar is fantastic. Woody Harrelson, uh, is a bad guy that you understand, but also is, uh, at some points a little too mustache twirly, almost he's on the edge of that on the, on the razor's edge. But I think he's a pretty great, um, pretty great villain uh, for our for our characters. And then the character that is that you meet about, I don't know, a third of the way in called Bad Ape Man. He was great that my theater was completely charmed by him. He was just he was fantastic. What a great way to bring a little bit of levity into it, because I think without him, it could have been really brutal. There would have been no laughs at all. But I think he brought that little bit of uh, of humor into it that gave you some relief uh, with what all is going on. Because this is a heavy movie, guys. It's heavy, but yeah. it is really well done. So for me, I, I I thought it was great. It was it's 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 not the best movie of the summer, but it might be close. It really it really would be. Okay, okay. Again, more high praise. So, Daniel, uh, what about you? Tell me what you think about the series thus far, and what were your thoughts on this film? I love the first two entries in this series. Um, Rise is a fantastic setup and a great prequel that really sets up the world that we know from the original 1968 movie. Um, It's just great and fun and interesting and with great performances. And then Dawn took things to a whole other level and, and became a type of blockbuster that we just don't see. Very serious and character-driven um, and quiet and uh, it's it's an amazing movie. And so I was very excited for War. And based on the title and based on the way that Dawn ended, and uh, as well as the marketing, I really expected a huge, gigantic, explosive third part, a conclusion to this trilogy. It gets there, but the most of this movie... Uh, is very small scale and very quiet, and I loved that. I loved that this movie didn't just do what most third parts do and and crank everything up to eleven and and you know pile everything onto this gigantic climax. It was really small and character driven, and 
it was fantastic. Uh, the characters in this movie are why you're there. Uh, you feel everything that they're feeling, and and it's just incredible. It's incredible uh, what what they can make you feel through through CGI. Uh, especially when we get move, we had movies earlier this year like Beauty and the Beast, which uh, for for as big of a budget as that was, I mean the effects in this movie uh, murder that movie. Um, uh, it's just on a whole different level that we've really not seen before. Like I said, most most blockbusters just just don't stay as personal and as quiet. I mean this movie has very very little dialogue, and you just don't see that in summer movies, and uh, it's really something special. And uh, I agree, you know, the, the story isn't perfect. There, there are, you know, there are some mistakes. I, I wouldn't call this a perfect movie. But, man, there is just so much good stuff here. Andy Serkis' performance, obviously, as always, is fantastic and, and Oscar-worthy and just really good. But then Steve Zahn as Bad Ape, man, that character is fantastic. He, he's a scene stealer. I, I want to watch him for hours. Um, it's a great, great character. So overall, uh, this movie is really fantastic, really, really unique. It's it's part like Oscar worthy drama, quiet movie uh, mixed with like revenge epic and and also blockbuster war movie. It's just got so much going for it, and it's a really, really satisfying film overall. Okay, so a lot of love for the uh, for the apes tonight, and I'm going to uh, get on board that train as well. This is uh, my relation to the first two is similar to everybody's in as much as I really was disinterested. I was beyond I was almost apathetic when this reboot was announced and probably was my surprise of the year when I saw it about how much I loved the, the first film. And then that continued with the second film. And uh, I think it concludes in a great way. Now, this movie for me is very is very deliberate. I've, I've seen some people complain that they feel like it's a little slow. For me, I don't think that was the case. I didn't have that reaction as much, but I understand why some people may feel that way. The, this movie is not subtle at all, uh, and it explores a lot of themes. I mean, literally, in just this movie alone, and, and I'll keep this spoiler-free, but we're exploring issues of race, of slavery. There's some very overt uh, imagery that it, it evokes slavery. You have references to Shakespeare, a uh, biblical exodus, <laughs> I mean, building a wall. Uh, you have prisoners of war saga in here. You have the apes, which, you know, by their very nature, aren't as verbally communicative as you're used to. And so you have Caesar, who's almost like that Western trope, like the uh, the sullen kind of tight-lipped hero who comes in, at, you know, at the end to to save everyone. Uh, it, but the thing about this movie is all of those things come together in a way that is unbelievably satisfying. It's definitely dark. It's definitely serious. Uh, but for me, this I don't know what it is about these movies, that, and maybe it's what Melody mentioned, uh, is that it's so unbelievably transcendent with the apes that you forget. Like, you can't tell me that's not a real ape riding those horses. That's an ape. I, don't, I mean, it's not, but it is. I was trying to find the seams in the picture, and you just can't. It, this may be the best CGI work ever for those kinds of creatures because you just – after 30 seconds in, you totally forget that you're watching uh, motion capture, and they're just characters. And the way that they're rendered, the way that they communicate makes you – I mean they, they achieve 
in making you root against humans, against humanity, <laughs> or at least they did for me. What I, what I really like about this movie overall is that it has a lot to say. It has a lot on its mind. It's not perfect. Uh, I, I, there are definitely some problems, but overall, they absolutely crushed it as far as concluding the arc of this character, and or these characters, I should say, and this story uh, in particular. Uh, I am going to get on the train that I, I'm very challenged when thinking about what is a better trilogy that I've seen in the last 10, 15 years, like as a whole, taken as a whole, it's very difficult to think of something that may be better where every piece is as competently uh, made and executed. And I'll just tell you this, just chasing a little rabbit here. I could not be more excited uh, about the Batman movie since Matt yes. is directing it because uh, they're going to abandon the script that's been there, essentially start from ground zero. And I read an interview which talked about the approach he's going to take. And after doing these three movies, I think he's the perfect director uh, to pick up that mantle uh, of the Batman. But back to this movie, just, you know, my final thoughts are this is about as good uh, as you could hope to have as a fan of this trilogy in completing the story and ending the story. And so I just tip my hat and say bravo to everyone involved. Just a great piece of, of filmmaking across these three films. I, I really do think they knocked it out of the park. Uh, it is, yeah. it's, it's really good. It really they did. Is. They did. And I do agree with you, Chris. I do think that, uh, there were a lot of, uh, deus ex machinas in this movie. I mean, a lot of them four or five times where I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's certainly coincidental, but okay. You forgive them at some point when the craftsmanship is so, is so high, yeah. but let's go to melody and let's give our general thoughts, our general views. Is this theater worthy? Should they rent it or skip it altogether? Melody? Oh, yeah, I think it's absolutely theater worthy. And uh, I think it, it would be a mistake to not not get to the theater to see this one. It's great. Chris, I can't agree more. You need to see this with a group of people. Um, there are moments that everyone's going to respond. You're going to be tense. It, it's going to be a good film to see with others, a, a, a dark room with a, a lot of people. You can't beat it. Daniel, this has been a really good summer for movies. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff playing, still playing right now. But you really need to see this one in the theaters, especially if you love the other two movies. Uh, I mean, this is just a great, a great conclusion to the trilogy. So definitely go see it in theaters. Agreed. And this, you know, unfortunately, this movie is tracking box office wise somewhat equitable to the first movie, uh, a pretty big step down from the from the second one. And that's a that's a bit of a bummer. I mean, it, it won the weekend with a fifty seven million dollar uh, weekend, but it's already dropped down now to second place again behind Spider-Man, which is also a good movie. But uh, it's not going to do as much box office as it can. And you can help that. So go out and see it. It's definitely theater worthy. And one of the best movies. Movies you're going to see this summer, I think, for sure. So, with that, let's move to spoilers for War for the Planet of the Apes. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur me because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity and in the dream I knew that he was going on ahead he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold and I knew that whenever I got there he'd be there 
then I woke up. All right, Chris. So let's talk about how this yeah. movie is just like Wonder Woman and fails in the third act. Tell me about <laughs> your problems. Well, I, I don't think it failed at all. I just think that there are a lot of coincidences that occurred uh, in the last act that is kind of unfortunate for a movie, like I said before, that was very grounded. Um, the fact that, you know, there's these, this tunnel system that just so happens yeah. to be there and they can be able to open up, you know, this, this, this system. And also the fact that, you know, at the very last minute or that last <laughs> within an hour or even less than that, within 15 minutes of them finally digging this thing out. And then they're all able to escape without any of the guards seeing them, which I was kind yeah, of, that was weird. Yeah. About, I didn't understand why, why there wouldn't be guards looking at them on a regular basis, but I guess right. not. And then, the moment they get out, everyone's out. The moment that happens, they get attacked mm-hmm. by yeah, the other the missile or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it just all that was just way too. Which, like, by the way, then gets buried in in avalanche. The avalanche, right. yeah, exactly. avalanche was the and biggest then, one for me. Like when the avalanche yeah. happened, I was like, yeah. okay, Sorry, you can yeah. justify it because of the gunfire, etc. But really, yeah. Yeah. The, the tunnels, the tunnel thing, and the guards not seeing them was so kind of like too easy that it confused me like I, right. and when they were in the yeah. tunnels i was like trying to figure out i was like okay what are they gonna do with these tunnels i don't and i was like oh oh they're just they're just right there just oh right. okay and, and right. how also, they can they can magically pop up anywhere that they want to yeah. in the ground but the ground never sinks yeah. around anywhere right. exactly. and then <laughs> I was also, also within the, the, that that same few minutes um, the uh, the the main bad guy goes nuts as well. Yeah. Uh, that was very convenient as yeah. well. And I understand obviously what they want to do with like that the the arc of that character and all that. That's fine, poetic justice, bloody blah. But man, it just seemed like it was all very just coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. And it was just unfortunate for a movie that built up with such realism. Even though obviously you know we're talking about talking apes and. But it was so real that that just felt so summer movie. You know what I mean? Like, why are we doing this? Why are we even doing this? This is unfortunate just for me. It didn't ruin the movie for me. But at the same time, it was kind of like real. Oh, why why don't they see him? Oh, he's insane now. Oh, oh, they're they're attacking now. Yeah. How are they going to get out of this? Oh, oh, there's there's avalanche that somehow they're all (laughs) able to survive. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Yeah, the now rest that's, of it was awesome. That said, that said though, there are some magnificently cool moments in that last battle oh, for yeah. sure. sure. Yes. I mean, there really, really are. Even in the midst of this, the whole idea of uh, Woody Harrelson's character, which is essentially, we must abandon our humanity in order to save humanity, and then to see that play out where the apes are acting more human it's just full of really good themes within the action which i think is another key to making this movie resonate with people is it's not just dumb action it's actually seeing these themes play out in a lot of coincidental ways for sure but even still i don't want us to to sound too negative because it's even the last third like the last third for wonder woman for me all joking aside really didn't work for me this one, I just kind of rolled my eyes, but it still worked, I think, overall. Yeah. The emotions were there strong enough that you kind of just, whatever. Especially felt, the very end. I felt end. the same way. Yeah, I felt the same way about this as I did as Wonder Woman. It's like, I felt like this was like, why Why are we doing, why? This is the obvious thing that we don't need in this movie. You've kind of been railing against doing right. the entire time. Why are we going there? There's no reason yeah. to go there. Well, so before we go to the very, very end of the movie, I do have to say, Chris, so which is better, this movie or Wonder Woman? Go on the record. 
go on the record. I'm not going to even compare the two. This Why is not? not a. This is not a. a you got to make your top five best of the summer list. No, Which one's no, higher, Wonder Woman or this one? No, no, I'd have to. I, I really have to think about it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, I think Wonder Woman probably mm-hmm. comes in a little before this. For me, oh, I would say sad. Baby Driver, Wonder Woman, and uh, and uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes and Wonder Woman probably are very close together. I'd have to think about it, Chad. I don't okay. know, man. Okay. Those two. Right, well, are, I think they're fantastic. Look, this movie is great. There's yeah, but it is. but the end of this movie, honestly, after all that coincidence, I genuinely now tell me, guys, if you thought this too, when they were going, they're gonna go find the new place. Did you not think that at least they were gonna show up in New York and they were gonna see the the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, like, I did. That that I to me was like that. yeah, it was just a little strange that they didn't. I mean. I, Obviously, they could have done it, and it would have been cheesy and terrible. But at the same time, like, I feel like that would have tied everything together. Like, yeah. so what you're saying is much like Wonder Woman. You wanted cheesy and terrible. Yeah, Lord. come on, man. So, yeah, I thought Bring the same thing too. And to the point, I haven't watched the original Planet of the Apes in a while, so I'd kind of yeah. forgotten. I thought we were closer to that movie than we really are. I forgot that that movie takes place in like 39 something. Like it's yeah, way right. far out there, so you're right. That's yeah. that. When I looked it up afterwards, I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess." But yeah, they didn't really have much of a nod to that movie, as you know. Well, I mean, yeah, because there's. I'm not saying that I think that it should have been that that instant. I'm not saying that we should see the spaceship crash or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that you know, tying the the, the movies together totally. would have kind of been a no-brainer. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a long way away for me. I thought it was the perfect way to end this movie. It's a clear Moses allegory leading yeah, totally. the, yeah. you know, the animals out of captivity. And then for him to die before, or essentially as they inhabit the promised land, I thought it was yeah. perfect. And I think it's symmetrical. And it's, it's, if you take it back to the very Genesis of this story, where the, where you had the one ape who gets infected or carries this virus that then makes him aware of, to where it concluded it is like a it's biblical in scope i mean it really is epic and so i think it i think it's a beautiful bookend to where the series began even though i'm with you chris i was that little nerd part of me wanted to see the statue of liberty but in retrospect this is the perfect way to end this this series i think i I I agree i I, I don't disagree with you but i do think it would have been kind of an easy kind of nod or i don't know maybe it would have been cheesy and terrible and we'd be talking about like i can't believe they did that it was a good movie and then all of a sudden they put the but i don't know i i yeah no i I think it was a great way to end it and i agree with you on all of that on all the levels of great storytelling what a this is this was great it was really good it's just unfortunate that they had that action sequence that last kind of climax be so uh just so convenient uh if it wasn't for that i think it would have been it would have been even better you know my my wife has not seen the original planet of the apes this whole time she's been working under this assumption that caesar was the main character of the original film and so <laughs> when it gets ah. to the end and he dies she was genuinely like really emotionally moved because she didn't expect that to happen at all i figured from the beginning that that was how they were going to end it i just didn't know how uh right but then she was really like how can they do that i'm so i'm so confused he's the main character i was like no he's not <laughs> so, uh, so i'm just curious how many other people might be thinking the same thing if they haven't seen the original that's true mm-hmm. i am definitely not ashamed to say that i choked up a few times oh, in yeah. this movie. It's, the, I, oh, the yeah. The performances of the apes are crazy <laughs> really awesome. Are. I'm well, I'm crying over cartoons, <laughs> but it was great. Yeah. It was absolutely great. It was absolutely yeah. great. 
All right, so with that, we're going to move to our top three. Three, two, one. The top three. All right, guys, we have another very exciting top three coming to you this week. I know you're all so excited to hear what it's going to be because the last few have been so riveting and just really easy to come up with answers. So this week we have no difference. We are going to be giving our top three movie escapes, escapes or escape scenes or escape movies. I don't really know. Maybe it's not only movies escapes on the screen whatever we're calling it i'm sure the boys will find a way to somehow change it to their own devices so we're gonna hear about these top three movie escapes i know that we all put a lot of time and effort into coming up with our top three so chad let's hear from you first what is your number three movie escape okay so for me i put this list together so not as escape movie like picking the best movie but actual escape scenes so moments from movies that i thought were thrilling or exciting and so for me these specific scenes are scenes that at different phases of my life when i was you know watching them really stuck out to me and the first one is one which is a movie that's in my top 10 of all time and not everybody agrees with that but I think it's a great movie and it's one of the first like commercial uh, best picture caliber kind of films that ever uh, came out that I put paired together with Oscar and oh this is just a normal movie not some artsy movie and that's Silence of the Lambs Mm. and that's the concluding scene in that which is spoiler alert for people that haven't seen that movie that's 20 years old uh, (laughs) is the Buffalo Bill night vision scene where Clarice is in Mm. the room and she can't see him but he can see her and we get the POV from him where he's getting closer to her and she's uh, she hears him and it's it's very terrifying it's shot in a way that is extremely tense and the whole thing is about her it's uh, trying to rescue this other girl who uh, escapes from the uh, from the uh, trap that he had her in so for me that movie when I was younger and saw that just like really was like the first time I remember being like really impressed with filmmaking in general. Like, wow, that is really, really cool. So for me, that's my number three. All right. Well, I think we can all uh, figure out who came up with this top three. Since yeah, really. Chad clearly has an agenda. So I'm glad that you're so confident and happy with your number three choice. <laughs> the rest of us might not be so. Well, Chris will be because he's always confident and happy. So with that... Uh, let's go to Daniel. Daniel, what is your number three escape scene of all time? This was the second hardest top three we've ever had to do following <laughs> last week's. So, Chad, thanks for that. I'm really Listen, appreciate that's that. ridiculous. Last week's, uh, this was very easy. There's like one way to interpret this, <laughs> escape. Chris had 19 things, ways you could interpret it. So, uh, my comments stand. Uh, so, for my, <laughs> no, my rules were... It was very obvious. There's lots of obvious prison escapes. Not to not to knock anybody else's list, but I I wanted to avoid the obvious prison escapes. So none of my picks here are are escapes from prison. Uh, they're all from some kind of other scenario because I wanted to attempt to be original, and that was a huge mistake. But uh, here we go. So for number three, I have the escape scene in Shaun of the Dead where they escape from the pub. Uh, yeah. So that is a, a fantastic movie. Uh, the entire pub sequence is hilarious and uh, really, uh, really well done. So that yeah. is my number three pick. 
That's a great pick. That's mm. a good pick, Daniel. I accept your pick. Thank you. All right, Chris. <laughs> I accept your pick. <laughs> I accept you as a person, and I accept your pick. Okay, so for me, I had the exact same rule as Chad, which was my favorite escape scenes, not necessarily my favorite movies. Uh, and that is very reflective of this, although I do enjoy this movie. Everybody likes to hate on it. Whatever. I don't care. I like this movie. Chris don't hate Ish. things. Ish. Um, it definitely has its problems, but Mission Impossible Two, ladies and gentlemen, oh, Mission oh Impossible Two. No. And I so, wondered if that would come up. And so uh, I love. There's a scene no. in Mission Impossible Two that I think is brilliant, and I wish it was somewhere else because people would appreciate it more. Um, but you know, this is before the like they always were pulling off their 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 masks, right? And at the beginning of the movie, they set this up a lot. Now, this is spoilers again, but I guess nobody cares. It's been long enough. Ethan Hunt uh, is the, the enemy base. And he's trying to infiltrate it. And the henchmen and him have this uh, battle, of, you know, to, to fight it out. Uh, and you don't know who wins, but then the henchman grabs, you, you see him in the next scene, the henchman dragging Ethan Hunt into the room with the big bad in it. And the big bad points the gun at Ethan and kills Ethan right there on screen. And you're like, what just happened? They just killed Ethan Hunt right in front of me. But no, it was the henchman in a mask to look like Ethan. Ethan had the henchman's face on and he got the stuff he needed and he got out of there. That scene is friggin' awesome. I love it. The music is great. It's just uh, it's a fun little scene for me. So the uh, who, Mission Impossible who, to escape. Who has the agenda now? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So good. You said so you good. love Mission Impossible too. I just want that. To I love that very scene. Clear. I love no, that you scene said you love this movie at the start of your review. Just just saying. I like. You no, did. You said I did enjoyed. enjoy this movie quite a bit. Yes, and it's okay. That's all right. It's fine. It is. It's definitely the worst Mission Impossible movie. Uh, and it's not really a Mission Impossible movie, but I I don't know I enjoy that. I, I when I saw it as a kid, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay, well so, yeah. I will accept your answer, but I can't give it any more airtime. So Josh, <laughs> what's your answer? Like the other guys have said, I I think there kind of was just one set of rules for this one, which made it harder, not easier, Chad. When mm. you restrict things, I like rules. Yes, you <laughs> do you. I do. Um, okay, so number three, I just I couldn't think of any more than two really. So number three is the uh, the rescue scene in, and I'm gonna say it. I almost feel bad, but Star Trek Beyond when they're <laughs> rescuing the girl from the aliens, the bad aliens. You know, you know the scene I'm talking about. There's a motorcycle and a teleporter. It's fun. It's fun. Josh has a little bit of a heart today. This is good. I was a little concerned after our last episode that we might lose Josh forever. My heart grew one size last episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I also was very challenged by this topic. When Chad first put it out, I was like, oh, that'll be so easy. There's so many great escape scenes. I'll pick some. And then I I don't know why. I just, nothing comes to mind as like a standout. Literally an escape scene in like almost every movie. Well, exactly. That's why it's like too broad. Like I can't, I can't pick three. I mean, I have, but I didn't like it. So anyways, I'm highly ashamed of my number three because, well, let's just say I am Chris Farrell's wife. And while frequently (laughs) in the current years, our tastes in cinema has diverged a bit. There was a season (laughs) of life where we liked the same sorts of movies. 
So yeah, there was. Yeah. We yeah, talked was. about this. That's the one I fell in love with right there, this, ladies this and gentlemen. Is the true topic Just wait for this pick. Right You're gonna love this. Uh, this, is, this is the woman that I expected. Never mind. What? Oh, Whoa! Wow. Whoa! That just got weird. <laughs> no, it didn't. It's not weird. This is this is how it works. All right, come on, hun. Share it with okay. us. So this movie has what's the word? Everything. Uh, no. Doom. The word is when you look back in the past and sentimental, it has sentimental nostalgia. values to me. But also, it's a great, yeah, nostalgia. But also, it's, it's a great escape film. Pretty much the whole movie is sort of an escape. So the, my answer is Con Air. Con yes! Air, I don't oh. care what you people say. The entire movie. <laughs> well, but The entire movie. <laughs> true, it's one long escape scene. It is. True. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's great great moments in that movie and i like it and i'm putting it on my top three and you can't stop me great so called it great ladies and gentlemen all right let's go to round two chad what's your number two so this is one that was also easy but i have a feeling that this will be on chris's somewhere and so in honor of chris i'm going to pull a Chris and pick two scenes for one spot and they just so happen to be from the same movie one of the greatest movies ever made Jurassic Park. Oh, come on. Yeah, man. It's the, it's Chris's the brain is going to explode. It's the, it's the T-Rex paddock and the raptor scene in the kitchen. Those two things are just about as good as you can do the cat and mouse scape scene. very solid choice daniel how about you yeah so when i said i wanted to be original um i i forgot that one of the most iconic scenes in the entirety of film history (laughs) is an escape scene and that is indiana jones escaping the boulder in raiders of Mm -hmm. the lost ark so uh i just couldn't leave it off this list because it's a great escape and it's a great Mm. uh great opening little scene there uh so yeah yes it is that's an awesome pick yep that that one was on my list of maybe so good choice all right chris how about you okay so i had uh jurassic park as my number two but i'm not going to pick it because you already did (laughs) that's boring um so i'm going to say uh the entire movie this is another entire movie um about an escape which i enjoyed very much a year ago, two years ago, and that is The Martian. Uh, that oh. is a fantastic hmm. movie about an escape. I didn't uh, think about so that. So I will, I will, I will do a substitution. I will Surprise. say it was supposed to be uh, Jurassic Park, but I'll plug in my honorable mention there and do the entirety of The Martian. Great pick. Well, spoilers. Great spoilers. Answer. By the way, <laughs> was that an escape or was that a rescue? And no, oh. oh. Don't oftentimes they blur, Josh. Oftentimes they blur. And yes, it was absolutely an escape. What are, you, are you serious? Yes, absolutely an escape. Escape from Mars, it could have even Chris been called. Chris is never wrong, people. He's never wrong. <laughs> you guys are perfect for each other. <laughs> All right, Chris, that was an excellent answer. I wish I would have thought of it. All right, Josh, what is your number two? Uh, let's see. Number two, I'm going to go with um, a bit of strange nostalgia myself. Number two, I'm going to go with the escape scene 
in big air quotes from What About Bob? Bill Murray. Oh my gosh. From when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. Baby steps. Untie oh, your knots. Man. Oh, You're wow. that that's that's that, interesting. Wow. Okay. Good for you, Josh. Good for you. Thank you. That was so unexpected. It was unexpected. <laughs> you you kind of stole my thunder a little bit with the comedy escape scene, Daniel, from Shaun of the Dead. But I just I'm gonna stick with it. I'm not like Chris. I'm it. not a quitter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a quitter either. Just be boring. If we all Nobody chose the same scenes, say what come I on, said. bro. I'm changing come on, it, bro. <laughs> all right. Well, my number two is I'm proud of this one, unlike my last one, because I knew I wanted to have a Star Trek scene in my list but i could not narrow it down because i feel like there's a lot that would count escaping from planets escaping from aliens escaping from ships that are blowing up but i decided to go and i know this is another prison scene but it's it's still a great scene a great moment a great film and that is from star trek 6 the undiscovered country when kirk and mccoy are escaping repente thanks to spock's for sight what took you so long Kill him, he's the one. Not me, you idiot. Him! No witnesses. Killed while trying to escape. Damn clever, if you ask me. It's a classic. That's what they wanted. Who? Who wanted us killed? Since you're all going to die anyway, why not tell you? His name is... Star Trek. Star Trek, that's the one. Okay, yes. Star Trek's well, winning tonight. It, it is, and I, Josh, that you're, that was almost that was on my list too. So I really wanted to do something from the next generation involving Q, but I couldn't think of a specific scene. Uh, Hold on, Josh, don't steal my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have if you hadn't have just said that. See, Chris, <laughs> man, maybe Chad, maybe Chad will steal it. Probably mm-hmm. not. No. All right. <laughs> Let's hear what's your number one, Chad. So for me, this number one was uh, is one of my favorite scenes in any movie period of all time. Uh, I'm sure Josh will bristle at it, and I care not. It is the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards, where you have Shoshana and her family are hiding underneath the planks in the kitchen, and they are a Jewish family being hidden from Hans Landa, and it's the conversation that they have. And it's one of the, the most well-written and tense scenes to experience, regardless of how many times you watch it and, and know, what, know what happens. Shoshana escapes at the end, obviously, and it sets the arc for her character for the rest of the movie. But it's just one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite opening scenes and my number one pick. All right. That is a good choice. Daniel, what's your number one? Chad, you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Somebody's I've been saying after this for years. Thank years you. Years I've been saying this. Thank you, Daniel. So I had the same number one as Chad. Yes. Uh, that, that is one of the best scenes it's in film great. history. No doubt yes. about it. So, yeah, there you go. Hey, but, Daniel. But he is the worst. Thank Daniel, thank you for not changing your pick just mm-hmm. to be cool. You're the worst. But that's, thank you. <laughs> The feature that makes me such an effective hunter of the Jews is, as opposed to most German soldiers, I can think like a Jew, where they can only think like a German. (laughs) More precisely, a German soldier. (laughs) Now, if one were to determine what attribute the German people share with a beast, it would be the cunning and the predatory instinct of a hawk. 
But if one were to determine what attributes the Jews share with the beast, it would be that of the rat. The, the Führer and Goebbels propaganda have said pretty much the same thing. But where our conclusions differ is I don't consider the comparison an insult. Well, Chris, what is your number one? All right, Star Trek The Next Generation, probably mm -hmm. the very best two hours of television in, in history, I think, probably. Uh, and that is the best of both worlds. Uh, Captain Picard is taken by the Borg, and uh, he has to escape uh, the Borg. And uh, that entire part two of them figuring out how to do it and uh, getting him back and escaping from the grips of, uh, of the Borg, uh, some of the best, best television ever. So for me, best of the worlds, best of both worlds, part two. I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. Mr. Worf, fire. That is a great choice, for sure. Josh, what's your number one? Okay, so for my number one, just just be happy that I wanted to do this for the entire the entirety of my top three, but I just couldn't come up with enough um, enough scenes to to bring the top three off the rails this much. So I went with <laughs> normal picks for my bottom two. My number one pick is the end scene in Goodwill Hunting when Will escapes from the expectations oh of the people around him <laughs> and to some degree his own inner torment. Yes. I support that. Wasn't Goodwill Hunting on your list last time? Are you going to add yes, Goodwill Hunting to every top That's three? That's a great idea. Chris, that'd be a good game, Josh. You should do that. I like it. Because <laughs> that's your favorite movie of all time, Don't right? Don't ruin my I mean, plans, Chris. Don't ruin it. So, uh, you know, what is it like? Will has an attachment disorder? Is it all that stuff? Fear of abandonment? Is that why, uh, is that why I broke up with Skylar? I didn't know you had. I did. You want to talk about it? No. Hey, Will. I don't know a lot. You see this? All this shit. This is not your fault. Yeah, I know that. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Going to see about a girl. Gosh, I like friends. it. Good, Josh. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, my number one, I'm only putting it as my number one because somebody should say it, even though it's the obvious answer. I don't really care. I'm saying it. Shawshank Redemption. You're there welcome. you go. Very nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Shall we quickly do honorable mentions or are we done with this? I've this got a couple. Topic. All right. I have let's none. hear them. Chad's got like five Chad. of them. I don't. I just have two. Uh, number one, this is my 
Ocean's Eleven memorial list because I love that movie. It's well documented. I don't care. But another recent movie that I saw last year, which was in my top, or maybe two years ago, was in my top five of that year, is Room. And there is an escape oh. scene from Room, which is magnificently done and tense and great. So for me, Room is my honorable mention. All right. So before we close out this riveting topic, we would like to hear from our listeners who probably have way better answers than any of us have. So did any of you guys get any feedback on your postings for this top three? Yeah, we had some responses on Twitter. Uh, We had uh, James Brogan said all of Escape from Alcatraz, which um, I think that that makes a lot of sense there. Uh, And then he also said Shawshank Redemption. Great answers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul Bernie. Bernie? Bernie? I'll go with Bernie. Uh, Said that uh, Toy Story 3 is hard to beat. And also Archer's Mm. Prison Escape from Face Off. It's his favorite escape from any action movie, he says. Uh, and then Tyler Howitt said Shawshank Redemption, Misery, which I, that's a great pick. Good uh, pick. Did, did not think about that. And The Fugitive. I did think uh-huh. about The Fugitive. That's a good call. I like that. I actually got a response on my own page. I shared a screener's post and someone responded and I was very, well, first I was surprised and then I was gratified. <laughs> but <laughs> Nate mentioned a movie we just talked about, the opening scene from Baby Driver, which yeah. was a fantastic mm-hmm. escape scene. Yes, it was. That's great. And I had uh, I had three people that responded. Kevin Welch uh, said, how about The Great Escape? It's a whole movie about an escape. So really, every scene is an escape scene. Think about it, people. <laughs> That's Kevin Welch. Uh, and then we had Rachel Howitt, who said, every Harry Potter movie. I'm not going to know about mm-hmm. that one. But she did mention The Goonies popped to mind, which is a great pick. The Goonies is a great pick. And then we had Dara Wumert, who said Shawshank Redemption. So it seems like everybody is picking Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. And the last scene of The Usual Suspects, which I guess technically yeah. that counts. And then she yeah. said the car escape from the Italian job, which is also a great Ooh. a great scene yeah. as well. Just to prove my point that this was a good list and there's lots to pick from. Thank Boo. you so much. People. You're listening to The Screeners Podcast. And that'll do it for another episode of The Screeners Podcast. Please join the conversation with us. You can tweet at us at ScreenersCast. Hop on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ScreenersCast, and tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. Please say it's Chris. And (laughs) as always, if you like the show, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps us out. We'll see you next time when we'll be reviewing Dunkirk and The Big Sick. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.